Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 495. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm a less demonically possessed Lorraine Sink. Get into it, Lorraine. We got some demons up in here. Wait, Ryan, can I tell you a fun fact? Always. So... I adopted a puppy, as I've been promising, Mm -hmm. and we got a black lab, and I was like, I want to give this dog a hellhound name, and my husband was sort of like, maybe not. I'm like, (laughs) harbinger of death, (laughs) grim, (laughs) like something. I want people to be scared of my hellhound, but we we decided on Kaiju. I think that's a great name. Kaiju's really good. You could have gone with Thori, because Thori is a good one. We did talk about Fenris. Fenris is a great one. I'm still a little perturbed. You didn't go with my name suggestion. Uh, Colonel Clam Pants? Yeah. Double C, CC. You'd be like, CC, Clammy, Colonel. There's so many ways you can call a dog that way. But every time someone's like, what's your dog's name? You'd be like, oh, it's Colonel Clam Pants. You must address he or she. Is it he or she? It's a he. You must address him as Colonel Clam Pants. I think that, look, I know what I'm naming my first dog. I did once have a cat that I found and I named him Captain Spanx. There you go. And he went on to keep that name by his adopter. So <laughs> That's great. That's the way it should be. Lorraine, I realize we are five episodes away from our big 500th episode. That's pretty wild. Yeah, that's I The craziest part is you've been doing this this whole time. Every week. Every ding dang week. I mean, admittedly, I've been around for a long time at this point, but I didn't really hop on the twim train until a couple years ago. Yeah, but it's now it's it's the best it's ever been because you're here. And so oh. we're doing great. Uh, we, we do have some really fun stuff lined up for episode 500. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. But we still have so much to do as we do every week where we tell you all about the stuff that's happening this week in Marvel that we're super psyched about from games, comics, movies, TV, what have you. This was a big week, though. What happened oh. early in the week? Well, first and foremost, it was Simu Lu's birthday. And with that came a whole bunch of amazing stuff, including our first trailer for Marvel Studios Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. And that trailer is awesome. Um, I'm so excited to see, like, badass fighting scenes. I'm so, so into it. And also, I love Aquafina so much. (laughs) Um, She's so great. She has some really standout moments in the uh, the teaser. And Simu is just... Like oh crushing it. I'm yeah. I'm so excited for everybody to see it. There's, you know, a lot of really cool drama in there. There's comedy. There's big action. There's cool mystery. I mean, it's Marvel Studios. They're going to come correct. They're going to do some <laughs> awesome stuff. It's it's really, really exciting to see this come to fruition. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but Simu actually posted a really poignant caption on Instagram. He posted the new poster in which he's wearing that red costume that looks awesome. And I wanted to read it to everybody because I just thought it was so lovely. Uh, So he said, whoever said that you could only receive presents on your birthday? This is your very first look at the teaser poster for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. You know, I never saw myself as a hero of my own story growing up. I struggled to find any Asian character on screen, and there were fewer still that made me feel truly proud of my heritage. It's absolutely insane to think that in just over four months, we will have a Marvel Studios movie featuring an almost entirely Asian cast. 
each full of rich nuance and dimensionality. Shang-Chi is more than just a movie. It's a celebration of our culture and a rallying cry for the forgotten, the unseen, and the overlooked. It is a reminder to take up space, to stand tall, and to be unapologetically ourselves. Of course, it's also going to deliver superhero action like you have never seen before. <laughs> Make history with us in theaters on September 3rd. Isn't that amazing? Heck yeah. Uh, it's so good. And there's also an article on EW that we shared on Marvel.com. You can read it on EW or Marvel.com where the director, Destin Daniel Cretton, he talks about the film as well as Simu and talking about similar themes of what mm -hmm. um, Simu posted on his Instagram. What I found was really cool was Simu expressing excitement about introducing Shang-Chi mm -hmm. on like this global scale. He said the most exciting thing about stepping into this character was that his backstory has never been told before. Shang-Chi's story is very much unknown to most of the world, so we had a lot of freedom and creative liberty to make it in the way that we wanted to, which is so exciting. Like, mm -hmm. there's been Shang-Chi comics, but this is going to be so cool to see them really flesh this out and carve the story of Shang-Chi and make him a global superhero that everyone knows. That is awesome. Of course, you guys can all see the film in theaters September 3rd. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, man. That's this year has been flying by like i just realized it was april and i was like what oh yeah happened? Oh, we we are done we did a third of it yeah oh ah. <laughs> uh, yeah when you put it like that september ain't so far away mm -mm. um you know what else ain't so far away the finale to <gasps> marvel studios the falcon and the winter soldier it might already be available on disney plus if you are listening to this on friday oh my goodness no spoilers on that. Go no. watch the series streaming only on Disney+. Plus. But last week's episode was awesome. I think one of the most exciting things, and this is a spoiler if you haven't caught up, if you're behind. So I'm just, I'm giving you fair warning right now, is I think that all of our comic fans out there had a real good, like, what? <laughs> when <laughs> Julia Louise Dreyfus showed up in the episode as Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. I, like double took so hard when i watched this episode for the first time yeah yeah oh my gosh i'm so psyched because the contessa is such a, a cool character contessa mm -hmm. has been part of like shield and the spy game in the comics for so long but she's such a badass and she's so cool from like the 60s wild mm. spy comics that Nick Fury and Dum Dum and, and the Contessa were in to mm. a lot of stuff that happened in the last like 15 or so years mm -hmm. that I don't want to get into because it's yeah. it's a little wild but those are great stories I think I'm sure we'll be doing like you know who is the Contessa and all that stuff on marvel.com but get psyched especially in the few scenes that we see her in she just tees up so many possibilities I mean also Julia Louise Dreyfus is so funny and she's such an amazing actor like I just she's so powerful you know what I mean as as an actor like I think of her on Veep just being like so awesome just a badass if she told me to eat a handful of dirt I would do it okay. is that the right way to put it I'm gonna keep that in mind <laughs> I may have to pay her to tell you to eat a handful of dirt we'll make that like a special on Marvel's Instagram <laughs> but anyway um, of course if you guys want to get caught up with those episodes go uh, watch them on Disney plus and you can read more about a whole Intel report and recap of episode five right now on marvel.com and you can read an article all about the producing team talking about working with Julia Louise Dreyfus as the Contessa and what an amazing human being she is <laughs> Heck yeah. 
One more thing for Marvel Studios, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's a really cool AR experience that is in the Disney Movie Insiders mobile app, which is on uh, iPhone and iOS. And it's, it's cool. It allows you to transform your space into an immersive training ground, and it's augmented reality. So you take aim at targets, you channel the power of the shield's history, you train like Captain America. It's pretty cool. I, I think it's – I like seeing Marvel do these kinds of – interesting experiences and putting them in places because it's cool like play with it for a little while it's something extra for your day i think i'm gonna play around with it in my office area and hopefully i won't break anything yeah i mean also augmented reality right now is extra fun when you're spending a lot more time at home but there's also a crazy ton of stuff going on with comics this week ryan tell us about sinister war yeah sinister war is an upcoming amazing spider-man storyline we saw some teasers this week there's a really great piece of mark bagley art you can see doc ock and craven sandman hydro man who when i was a kid I like randomly got some, I think it was like Deadly Foes of Spider-Man or something like mm. that. And I was like, Hydro Man, he's water. And I was <laughs> so psyched for him. I mean, he's kind of. I'm thinking of that picture of you that you showed me where you're like 13 with the glasses. That was like uh, nine or 10. I was Adorable. Tiny. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, I, I was very psyched on Hydro Man. He's in here. Most importantly, Stegron is in here. One of the best. He's a big old dinosaur boy. And we love dinosaurs here on This Week in Marvel. It's going to be cool. You're going to see it in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man and, and how it spills out and affects the Spidey world. So... It should be pretty cool. Get ready for more details on that soon. Also over in the territory of Reign of X, we have the full team announced finally for X-Men number one, which includes and is not limited to or maybe it is. It, it's but it does have Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Sunfire, Rogue, Wolverine, Sink, not me, uh, the <laughs> other one, and Polaris! She's the one who won the big vote, and now she's going to be part of that team. Written by Jerry Duggan, with art by Pepe Larraz, and with color by Marte Garcia. And this is going to be the new home of the X-Men, you know, our new X-Men title. I'm really excited to check out that new team working together. To me, the, one of the most exciting parts here is that Laura is Wolverine in this book, and she's yeah. front and center as Wolverine. And she's had some really great storylines in recent issues of X-Men by Jonathan Hickman, where she's been like, her and Sink and Darwin have been doing some really wild stuff, but getting to see her front and center, we've seen Gabby, her sister, yeah. in the pages of New Mutants lately with Jonathan the Wolverine. Look, I'm a big fan Honey of those Badger. characters. Yeah, yeah exactly. She's so uh, just. So good. It makes me really happy to see them getting the love that they deserve. Speaking of love, everybody loves aliens. They just yeah. burst out of your chest with joy. They get inside you and then they get <laughs> out of you. I don't know if I was talking about it here on uh, Marvel's pull list. I found some website that had some toy that I was looking at and I was like, well, I don't trust this website. This doesn't seem officially licensed. And I was going through their stuff and they had a face hugger mask where it was a an alien's face hugger fully like the it wraps around your neck like the the tail part and it covers the full face and it straps to the back of your head and i was like that is a nightmare i don't i mean maybe if you're but into also, that but also like if you are going to a comic convention and you want to stay safe <laughs> sure. that's the way to do it in style 
yeah, if it's, you know, N95, maybe you put a little filter in there, it can, it can help out a ton. Uh, look, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the brand new Aliens Aftermath number one. This issue is hitting stands on July 14th. It is written by Benjamin Percy, art by David Wachter. David has been doing some really cool work on Iron Fist Heart of the Dragon, which is a book I hope folks check out. If you've not read it as it's been coming out, read it on Marvel Unlimited. It's written by Larry Hama, and it's just a badass Iron Fist story that it's basically like... Yeah, it's called Iron Fist, colon, Heart of the Dragon, but it's a Marvel Universe story. There's characters mm-hmm. from all over. Okoye messes up a dragon. I will say that and <laughs> leave it at that. And it looks really cool. It's funny. It's big. It's action-packed. Um, so I'm really excited to see what Dave does here. This is a big special issue that is set in the same universe as Aliens, the sequel movie from, gosh, 35 years ago. It takes place at Hadley's Hope, and it presents a possible future for LV-426, the location where the 1986 film took place. Aliens, big action movie compared to Alien, which is really like a horror movie. I love them both equally. I think they're so good. Yeah. Go read that on July 14th. Go grab it from your comic book shop and or the Marvel Comics app. Also, there have been so many great teases going on, and a new mysterious foe is about to be revealed in... Guardians of the Galaxy 16. Guardians has been having a lot of stuff going on. They've got a huge new team going on. And Al Ewing is just like having a good old time over in here. So it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, allegedly haven't had a villain this big since Annihilus. So the secret behind all this, it's true. It's when I was being like explained to me what the story was. I was like, Al is out of his mind and brilliant and i love him this is a wild storyline and it was it's not something you'd really ever expect for this part of the marvel universe it's really cool and it also this um last annihilation storyline will even tie into the sword title which al is writing right now it's really cool look guardians of the galaxy is bonkers great book yeah i, I hope everybody checks that out yeah 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 And of course, you can read The Last Annihilation on June 23rd in that Guardians of the Galaxy. It kicks off in issue 15. Yeah. You know what happens in May? May 21st is a national holiday. It has been uh, decreed by... uh, Actually, it's an internet... (laughs) I just got word. International holiday throughout the world because... Do you get updates about international holidays? I do. I do. Look, (laughs) I'm on the inside. On May 21st, Marvel's MODOK streams on Hulu in the States. It is a big, wonderful, beautiful day where we're getting all the episodes. And I know a lot of folks have been asking, hey, where do we watch the show if we're not in the U.S. if we don't have Hulu? Well, it has been announced that Marvel's MODOK will be coming to Disney Plus Star in the following countries. Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Ireland, UK, France, Italy, Germany, Switzerland, Australia, Portugal, Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Denmark, and Iceland. So, so many countries are going to get their MODOK fix. Everybody's going to be enjoying Marvel's MODOK. Everybody's going to be celebrating, running through the streets. It's going to be pizza for everybody, hot dogs, free tourniquets. Lampposts are just going to light up as you walk by because MODOK (laughs) is here. Look, there's a new trailer for Marvel's MODOK, and it is awesome. Lorraine had to sit and watch me watch the trailer right before we started this. What did? How was that experience for you? Honestly, so I watched the trailer this morning, which was so delightful and so wonderful. And I was like, I can't wait for Ryan to see this. And I assumed you would immediately get right into it. But of course, you were dealing with Catherine Grace this morning. So Ryan goes, clicks on the trailer, 
and he's like watching it so intensely and then just starts giggling like only Ryan can do like my best friend <laughs> it was very sweet it was so pure <laughs> yeah it's a great trailer the show's so good I'm so excited it's really tremendous it makes me really happy that this exists we're in a Modoc renaissance. And yeah. And, and honestly, it looks so funny. Like, I genuinely laughed out loud at the trailer, which mm -hmm. is hard to do because you only have like two seconds to do it. So go watch the trailer. It's so fun. You can watch it, of course, on the Marvel YouTube or the Marvel.coms or the social channels. Yeah. And then, of course, get ready for it on Hulu May 21st or in Disney Plus Star in certain regions. Yeah. Also, we have a little something special from Marvel Unlimited. Marvel Unlimited is the best way to read your favorite Marvel stories and get those epic moments with a library of over 28,000 digital comics. You can sign up today and get one full year of Marvel Unlimited for just $60 with code MUSAVE60. Again, that's M U S A V E. Six zero. Yeah, you go to marvel.com slash M-U-S-A-L-E. That's marvel.com slash M-U-S-A-L. Use that code and uh, get a year of Marvel Unlimited for just $60. Automatic renewal and other terms apply. Yeah. Also, more reasons to celebrate this week. A couple of big things came through. First up, the GLAAD Awards. Yeah, the GLAAD Awards. We were nominated for a couple of awards for our comics, Guardians of the Galaxy, X Factor, but we won the GLAAD Award for Outstanding Comic Book, and it sort of covers a whole bunch of storylines that rolled out through the pages of Empire. So you have Empire, Lords of Empire, Emperor Hulkling, and Empire Aftermath Avengers, which all of that really touched on Wiccan and Hulkling and mm -hmm. their love and their triumphant surge through the galaxy, the wedding, all that great stuff. So big congratulations to all the creative teams on those books. Also wonderful. And, and shout out to Al Ewing, Dan Slott, Chip Zdarsky, Anthony Oliveira, Valerio Skidi, Manuel Garcia, Cam Smith, Marte Garcia. I mean, and everyone and everyone and everyone, because there's a ton of people who work on all these comics. But kudos to you guys. Yeah, we won that one. Um, but we also have just been nominated for a couple of Webbies. That just came out this week. Uh, Marvel's Make Me a Hero Real Heroes video was nominated in the social category for art and entertainment. And Marvel Strike Force was nominated in games for best user experience. Make sure you go vote for the nominees at webbyawards.com. Yeah, and shout out to Harry Go and mm. Mary Stevens for working on the Make Me a Hero Real Heroes series. I, I really loved those. It was very easy to sit there and cry because, you know, Make Me a Hero is a series where we usually... You know, we get to see different normal people become superheroes. Ryan and I both were on episodes as well, if you want to dig those out of the internet. And they're so fun, but these real heroes are people that have been first responders during these trying times, and they're really, really delightful and touching and hopeful. Yeah, you know it's also touching and hopeful, and also you have to dig around the internet for it. Marvel superheroes, what the? I watched so many episodes <laughs> last night as I was working on another pro. I was working until like nine o'clock last night on some stuff. And I just ended up putting on episodes of our old stop motion animated series, Marvel superheroes. What the, we have like a hundred of them on the Marvel YouTube channel. They're really good. I miss those. Those are really fun. How did we get away with it? The depiction of Dr. Strange is this bubbling idiot and high pitched and he yells at Wong so much. And it's just, it's really funny. There's a couple of episodes where Captain America screams. And he's like, 
like scream high pitch like homer screaming <laughs> it's tremendous oh there's some really great stuff in there go to the marvel youtube channel and watch some episodes of marvel superheroes what the from me your pal agent m and when you're done with that come back because now we have sarah brunstead editor of women of marvel number one as well as many other wonderful titles here at marvel comics and we're going to talk with her a bit about her journey from being an intern to an editor here and putting together the women of marvel number one anthology comic and just a, a whole bunch about ladies in the spirit of women of marvel come into comics heck yeah all right, let's listen to that interview with Sarah Brunstad right now. Sarah, welcome to This Week in Marvel. How are you doing? Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited. Our pleasure. Yeah, one thing that I noticed is that you've now been at Marvel seven years, Sarah? Yeah, seven and a half. Hooray! Uh, close to nine if you count internships, which I do. <laughs> no, that very much counts. That counts maybe more. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what was your Marvel origin? How were you first introduced to the Marvel Universe? Yeah, so um, I, I didn't really read comics very much as a kid, and I started to really read them in college. And then when I got to grad school, I, I actually don't remember what inspired this, but I decided to read a whole bunch of She-Hulk. She's one of my favorite characters ever. Me too. And, uh, yeah, she's the best. And I read, I think I read all of her solo appearances and most of her team appearances as well. And from there, I, you know, I was in New York, I was in grad school, I was doing uh, internships and stuff, and I was kind of bored with the like traditional publishing internships that I was done and I was like well Marvel's looking for them maybe I'll just give it a shot and um, they brought me in to do library work for uh, an internship where I would read Fantastic Four comics and create an archive of like devices and costumes and new characters that had shown up so in a space of a summer I read something like 300 issues of Fantastic Four wow. um, <laughs> which it was amazing because I don't, I genuinely don't think I ever would have gone back and like read all of those old issues, but it gave me this huge, you know, ground floor in the Marvel universe where suddenly I was way more tapped into all of this history and all these obscure characters. And I was kind of hooked in us. So I was like, how do I stay around? So they gave me another internship with uh, Steve Wacker's office and the Spider-Man books. And that was a blast. I read something like, you know, another 100, 150 issues of Spider-Man during that time. And then that internship turned into a part-time job cleaning up digital files for the trades group. So literally like taking out, you know, background scratches and things like that. And I did that for nine months. And then that finally turned into a full-time job doing editing prose novels and art books and other kind of special projects in the trades department. Did that for three years. And then there was an opening in editorial and I finally got into the slot that I had wanted all along. So it was a long journey. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, though, to mm -hmm. to like visualize like I, how you want to get to that point and then working your way through and learning some really cool stuff and doing some cool things. We're here because we want to talk about the new Women of Marvel, number one. Before we do that, can you tell us a little bit about some of the books that you currently edit and what that kind of process is? Yeah, I'm lucky to be on a lot of the female-led titles. So I edit Captain Marvel and Black Widow. Those are my two uh, big ones, really with Kelly Thompson. And then I work on a lot of other projects and co-edit some things with Will Moss, like the Mighty Valkyries uh, that's coming up and some other uh, Hulk projects. I'm on Immortal Hulk and the newly announced Gamma Flight book. So I'm basically kind of all over the like Avengers adjacent stuff. 
Very cool. So how did the Women of Marvel comic come about? Yeah, so, you know, this one isn't particularly new. Like, Sana actually did a girl comics uh, book, Mm -hmm. I think, 10 years ago almost now, which I loved at at the time when I got to read it. And we've been doing these Marvel Voices projects throughout the past year that really started with Angelique Roche and Chris Robinson. And I took over that project. So when we did Marvel's Indigenous Voices and then we did Marvel's Voices Legacy to celebrate Black Lives Matter and Black History Month, we realized like the next natural one was to celebrate the women of Marvel. We missed Women's History Month in the month of March, but it was still important to us to get to make this book. So yeah, that's really where it came about. Uh, it's, it's not branded voices, but it's very much in the same spirit. Uh, and I came into it thinking... I want to bring some new people in. I want to infuse some new women into our line and yeah, help help people find new positions basically. Yeah, which is great because I was looking through some of the book this morning and I know some of the amazing creators involved, you know, Kaizama, just a dynamite artist. I wish she was doing stuff for us every month, but there, there's some incredible creators, but then there's some names I'd never heard before. And I was really excited to start digging into these new creators and seeing them let their voices be heard through Marvel characters, which, you know, might be for a lot of other people the first time that they are in front of a new audience, which is really cool. We'll get into a lot of those characters, but for a book like this, because you have a number of different creators on it, it's an anthology type of book. What's that process like? Does it differ from, say, working on Immortal Hulk every month with Al and, and you know, a select group of artists? Yeah, it's very different. Um, in some ways, it's, it's more challenging because even though your stories are shorter, so there's less content to deal with, there's also a lot more different characters. So figuring out who we're going to highlight and, you know, tapping into their various status quos is a, a project in itself. And you know, you're you're setting out to tell something that is really short and self-contained and still like gives you that high at the end, which is a little different, obviously, from the ongoing books, which naturally have momentum. So you have to really build your own momentum in these short stories. But it's also a really fun challenge and it gets you the opportunity to tell some stories that you don't always get to tell. Like in the Marvel Voices Legacy issue, we got to do some really short stories that don't really fit in traditional models. Like Stephanie Williams and Natasha Bustos did a story about Monica Rambeau grocery shopping with her mom. Love uh, that story. It's so cute. <laughs> and it doesn't, you know, that doesn't fit into a normal book. But for this kind of opportunity, you get to like dive into just some different genres and some slice of life and like do some more unusual things. So, you you know, you mentioned some creators that are working on the book and there's so many great folks. How do you choose all of the people that you are going to work with, obviously, I'm sure sometimes you have to deal with people's schedules, but how, how do you go about uh, choosing folks and, and pairing folks and who are some of the folks you're most excited to have people read? Uh, yeah, it is hard. I'm dealing with this on Marvel Voices Pride that's coming up as well, where I'm like, I have so many creators I could go to. How do I possibly narrow this down? But, you know, I keep running lists for myself of people who I think are interesting every time I read a new comic or just go to the store and even if I don't read it if I spot like some art that really jumps out to me I'll write down who that is and go back and look at more of their work later I also try to stay on top of all of the not all of them but like you know the twitter hashtags the uh drawing while black um the asian artist kind of hashtags 
And I found people there. Uh, Maria Froelich, who's doing her Marvel debut here with a Gamora story, came from a drawing while black hashtag. And, you know, it's tough because a lot of the people who are posting those don't do sequential work. So you're sorting through a lot of artists who do uh, different styles and what we're really looking for. But it's worth it in the end. If you find those two to three gems, you're like, this is this is what we were looking for. I won't say that it's like a replacement for going to cons and looking at people's portfolios that way, because I think that's still a beautiful, organic way to do it. And I, I'm hopeful of the day when we get back to doing it. But I think any editor would be a fool not to use the internet as the tool that it is. Uh, so that's mm -hmm. where I find a lot of people. And uh, I'm really excited about Maria's story and the writer on it, uh, Zoraida Cordova, who's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. I read some of her Brooklyn Brujas series and yeah, I've just been like looking for the right way to get her in the door. So I'm hoping that we can do more with her down the road as well. I love it. It's so exciting. And, you know, even getting to see like Peach, Peach Momoko mm -hmm. do more sequential stuff. It's it's a short story, but it's fabulous. It's so good. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's got Deathstrike in it. And it's it's really yes. fun. It's really good. <laughs> it's so <Exactly>. good. <laughs> did you say, okay, here, Creator X and Y, we want a story with this character. Or did you pair some writers and artists up and say, what do you all want us to tell? How did the characters and the stories come together? It's a little bit of both. So I would go to them and say, you know, here's kind of a list of, of big characters that I think that should appear in the book. Are there any of these that really appeal to you? So I don't ever want to box them in or like make them feel like they have to be limited. But, you know, there are definitely characters that uh, I wanted to see. So, yeah, it's a little bit of both. One of the things that I just when I, I heard this when they first announced the book that Louise Simonson was going to be doing the foreword, which is really wonderful. I've been working on this podcast called Marvel's Declassified, and I I was just reading this and I was like, oh, this is everything I want to be in an episode of our show where we go through the history of Marvel. What was it like getting to tap her to be part of the project? Because she is just an, I mean, an icon. Yeah, Weezy's amazing. I have been lucky to work with her in a couple of things. So we had a little bit of connection already. And I watched her do the Marvel 616 episode that's about mm. uh, Sana and about women of Marvel. And I love her appearances in it and all the old photos and stuff that she shared. So that's really, I, I, you know, I had multiple choices for people who could do the intro. But after I watched that episode, I was like, oh, I bet Louise would do a really beautiful job with this. She always is a game. So she knocked it out for me. That's awesome. So it feels like there's a, a personal connection that you know, you and, and whomever works on these books probably has to the material, to the characters, to finding the creators. What is being able to do this Women in Marvel book and, and even the Marvel's Voices titles? What does that mean to you personally? I mean, it, it means so much. The girl comic stuff, the Women of Marvel program that Sana and Judy really kicked off over 10 years ago now, it meant so much to me when I was seeing that happen as a fan because it was like, I'm a firm believer that women have always been in comics. We've always made comics and we've always read them. But this was a specific invitation to say, like, we are making space for you. We want you to love these stories. We want you to care about these characters. And that felt really fresh and new at the time and exciting and felt like we were looking at a new era of comics, really, where the doors were opening. So when I came into Marvel and realized that that's where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do, it was always with this goal of like, women have always made comics, how do we propel their voices? How do we make them less invisible? 
and the Voices Project is an outgrowth of that. I'm so excited to be working on Pride as a queer person myself to get to highlight other queer voices. Seeing Marvel do a Black History Month issue and devote time and resources to it was really powerful, I think, to me and to a lot of other people. I think this is new. Like, we, we really haven't done this kind of outreach before. So I feel very hopeful about where comics is going if the big two is now going to lead the way. It really, truly is amazing. And, you know, I feel like I see such an impact from these stories, which are just kind of the beginning. It's really an exciting time, I think, to be a part of Marvel and to, to see the growth of everything. You know, one of the things that really tickled me when I was reading the issue is how humorous the stories are. There, There's like a lot of really great comedy in these stories, which really I, I thought was wonderful. And I, I was curious, you know, if you could tease a little bit of some of the characters or maybe situations we'll see for anyone interested in picking up the issue. Sure, yeah. Uh, we've got a cast of all over the place, uh, your X-Men, your Avengers, etc. I feel like everybody in this book did a really nice job of choosing a character and then trying to highlight an aspect of them that you wouldn't necessarily see. So in the She-Hulk story, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that we went in and we really wanted to tell a story about this woman who is hulking and huge and bombastic, but also incredibly graceful. And how do we highlight her grace and her sort of balletic athleticism in this story? We've got a marrow and a feral story uh, from Sophie Campbell and Eleonora Carlini. And with that one, it was highlighting some connections between those characters that people wouldn't have thought of, but also getting to tell a like a brutal roommate story like I, <laughs> yeah. I, in my emails to Sophie I was like let's make this as brutal as possible so there's this amazing page that's just the two of them like going at it and I, Eleanor just killed it on the art so it was that kind of thing we, we wanted to look for those little edges that would reveal character pieces or, or highlight things that we really loved about them. Sophie did Wet Moon, right? Yes. Yeah, Wet Moon. Great book. I was excited to see Sophie's name in there. And the She-Hulk story is in one of my favorite places in the world, yeah. the American <laughs> Museum of Natural History. So I just got I got really giddy looking at that because I've, I've only brought my daughter once, but uh, and she was too young for it. But it's like, this is a place that I love. And it's, it's really cool. It's just there's a lot of fun little, little bits in there for everybody. Um, one of the things that Lorraine and I... I think really love is hearing from our listeners and getting emails and just the connections we have. And I know that's such an important part for everyone at Marvel is getting, you know, a connection to the, to the fans and the community. As you've been doing these books, have you gotten emails or, or heard from some of the fans about, I, I, we know what it means to you, but I imagine it means a lot to a lot of our readers too. Yeah, we've definitely gotten letters. People reached out to me on social media. You know, I think that, Fans are all over the place and people are always skeptical and like the internet is the internet. But it makes me really happy when I see these outgrowths of, of just love and excitement of people who are literally saying like, Marvel's never done this before. I've never felt represented in a Marvel comic before. It's very exciting to see how much joy people have for this stuff and to see excitement over the creators as well. I mean, when we announced that Stephanie was doing that story in Legacy, the people blew up. They were like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Because she had gone from making, you know, fan comics uh, about Marvel characters to like making it into an actual Marvel comic. So getting to kind of tap into the organic 
communities that already exist and bring them in and invite them in is really exciting. That's so amazing. I, you know, the internet, a blessing and a curse, of course, but <laughs> the instant gratification of when you put out an announcement or a book hits shelves and people chime in with their love for it is always really exciting. And we love, you know, we get a lot of people who just tweet us on the show that are like, I just love this comic and I want to tell you about it. And it it's so joyful. I, I'm curious for you, you know, you've been here for like a decade at this point. Do you have any female Marvel characters that are especially close to your heart? Do you have a favorite woman of Marvel? Uh, it definitely has always been She-Hulk. Um, mm. I love the conflicts that rage in her. I love that she's, you know, this character who came out derived from male power pretty directly, mm. but never felt that way. Her adventures always felt very solo focused. She got a lot of space, uh, I think, to make a smash <laughs> and I you know I love that she's boisterous I love the the recent issue of Avengers and I I can't remember which issue number it is but Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis did one that's all about how She-Hulk is angry now and likes being angry and finds the power in that anger and it's just beautifully written and it's the kind of thing that I want to see like we need we need such a range of female characters you know you need your Emma Frost you're like diamond hard cold women but then you also need your you know jessica drews who are much more inviting and funny and your carol danvers who are the serious soldier types and your she hulks who are just like smash <laughs> you need it all <laughs> that makes me so happy because um ryan can attest i am obsessed with she hulk she hulk is also my girl i also just love like a big powerful lady i just love that Depending on the artist, sometimes she's more lithe, but she's always just like a hulking woman. And that mm. really speaks to me on a personal level. <laughs> uh, we were doing a wrestling episode yesterday, Lorraine, me and James, mm. and we were talking about female wrestlers because they just had a wild match with thumbtacks and blood everywhere. Uh, and I, I sent a link to the producers for to check out Bull Nakano. She, you you gotta check out Bull Nakano okay. if you like big hulking wrestlers. Sarah, are you a wrestling fan? I am a wrestling fan, but I don't know that name. So. Oh, you both of you check out Bull <laughs> Nakano, N-A-K-A-N-O. She was a '90s Japanese wrestling star. She's she's the best. She's just the coolest hair. She would beat the <laughs> out of everybody. <laughs> I mean, she was just the best. <laughs> this was a complete tangent, but if you're if you like your She-Hulk. Bull is like the closest we've ever gotten in in that kind of real life stuff. I'm writing it down. That sounds yeah. right up my alley. Yeah. All right, we're 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 gonna let you go in a second. I do want to say if if you if y'all on the team do a Latinx version of one of these books, I'm very excited by that. If you need a Colombian voice, me and John Leguizamo, happy to help you out uh, <laughs> on that side of things. But you know, you do so many comics, and you and are in a really great office alongside. Will Moss and some other incredible editors. What else are you excited about? What else, you know, if people are digging these uh, anthologies that you're doing and you talked about Immortal Hulk, what are some other projects that maybe you want to point out for some of our listeners? Yeah, we are doing, so the Gamma Flight book I'm really excited about. That's being co-written with Crystal Frazier, who's also going to appear in our Pride issue. Crystal has been amazing. She did some consulting on Immortal Hulk for us uh, and now is getting to come in and co-write. And it's been so great seeing her uh, bring a new life to these superhero comics. Um, that book is going to be, you know, 
all the things that Immortal Hulk is uh, horrific and intense. So I'm really excited to see how people react to that one. Al Ewing is the best. He's got another project that's unannounced, but will be announced soon that I'm very excited about as well. It's going to be beautiful art and just uh, wild universe building storytelling. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I would say those are some of my tops right now. Sweet. Well, we can't wait to check out all of that stuff in the future and to keep reading your comics. And we can't wait for everybody to read Women of Marvel number one. Where can folks find you on the internet if you want to be found? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at uh, Mighty Brunstad. Uh, and that's that's basically it. I don't have an Instagram. <laughs> Great. Go find her there. And thank you so much for talking with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks, Sarah. Big thanks again to Sarah for coming on the show and even bigger thanks for being a great damn editor of comic books. She rules, read all the books she works on and you can go on Twitter and tell her she's freaking great because she is. Yeah, do it. Next week, we're going to have on a couple of amazing ladies as well. We have Zoe Nagelhout and Adapero Odier from Marvel Studios' The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Zoe Nagelhout is an EP on the show, and Adapero plays Sam's sister, Sarah, which is a fun thing to say if you're doing a vocal warm-up. With them on the show and now with Marvel Studios' The Falcon and the Winter Soldier wrapping this week, uh, I think a perfect question of the week is what been your favorite episode of Marvel Studios The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now that you've seen all six, let us know. Use the hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email us your answers to twimpodcast at marvel.com. That's T W I M P O D C A S T at marvel.com. Or you can send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. And as always, please make sure to tell us it is okay to read on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week, our question was what female superhero would you most like to team up with? And we got some really, really thoughtful and great answers. So let's dig into them. Right on. All right. First up, we've got Simon Williams at Simon Sebs. Uh, Simon is a longtime listener, our pal. I'm very glad to hear from you, Simon. Simon says, the Marvel woman I want to team up with is, of course, the GOAT, Aurora (laughs) Monroe, a.k.a. Storm. Of course, he means the greatest of all time. I've thought about getting a Storm tattoo just because I freaking love her so much. But I don't want to get more Marvel tattoos. That's a whole thing. (laughs) It's it's a lot. Um, Because then I have to get... Anyway, uh... Simon continues saying, listening to This Week in Marvel, and I have to agree with Ryan and Lorraine. I haven't read any further than that, but good job, Simon. Always agree with Ryan and Lorraine. Simon continues saying, I've saved a lot of time and energy by realizing some things aren't for me and going on with my day. The time is better spent on finding things I do like. I love it. Yeah. He says, watching Marvel Studios, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Episode five. So spoiler warning. That's Simon's spoiler warning. So if you've not seen through five, fast forward like. A minute. He says, the scene between Sam and Isaiah Bradley was very powerful, especially the part about people not accepting a black Captain America. Hearing that made me think back to five or six years ago when Sam took the mantle in the comics. The reaction from a certain part of the fan base is exactly what they were talking about. Simon, I hope you get to see episode six. Man, 
Next up, we have one from Aiden, and this might be my favorite one we've ever gotten. Ooh. Hi, Lorraine and Ryan. My name is Aiden. I'm 11 years old, and I live in California. I'm a big fan of This Week in Marvel. To answer your question, I'd want to team up with the smartest person alive, Lunella Lafayette, a.k.a. Moon Girl. I think she'd be pretty fun to work with. We'd ride into battle, then after, grab some ice cream. Plus, an added bonus to working with her is I might get to ride the devil dinosaur. Well, I hope you have a great week. Your fan, Aiden. I died. I, <laughs> my heart just exploded. Aiden, that one, Aiden, that may be the most professionally written and perfectly eloquent email mm -hmm. I've ever gotten. So one, thank you for that. Aiden, you're the best. You're the best. That's such a great answer. I love it. We got another email, and this one is from Amelia Evans. Amelia says, I would choose to team up with literally any female superhero, though not any superhero who spends their entire time being rescued by men. I would probably choose Dr. Gemma Simmons. Admittedly, she's not actually a superhero. Side, Lorraine and I would say, she's pretty super. She's definitely yeah. a hero. Oh, yeah. Um, she might not have superpowers, but that doesn't mean she's not a superhero. Agreed. Amelia continues saying... But she's like best friends with Quake and has two PhDs and knows basically everything. But if you deny my hero, we didn't. Then Mystique, she was great in the X-Men movies, but can you recommend some Mystique comics as your constant plugging of Marvel Unlimited? It's driven me to insanity and forced me to get it. Lorraine, we did it. We did it. We did ha -ha. it. Uh, we'll suggest some Mystique comics after we finish reading your email, Amelia. Amelia continues saying, or Black Widow because she's so damn cool with like five exclamation points. She's literally everything anyone could want to be. A strong, independent woman, incredibly beautiful, Russian, and a comic book character. Ooh, or Ms. Marvel, she's also great. Or Quake, or Yo-Yo from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. On the subject of her, are there any comics you can recommend me about her as she doesn't come up in the character search option in Marvel Unlimited? Well, that one's the easiest. Yo-Yo is in Secret Warriors, and that's an easy comic to go and find in, in the initial run of Secret Warriors. You can go find that on Marvel Unlimited. What was the year? Like 2000? Uh, that would have been 2007-ish. It was yeah. it le leads right into Secret Invasion, which yes. is uh, pretty cool. Okay. On the topic of Mystique, amazing character, there's a Wolverine storyline called Get Mystique. Um, that is written by Jason Aaron, who's one of our favorite writers. That's really cool. And it's like Wolverine and Mystique in, I believe it's the Old West because they're both super old and they've been around for a long time. But it's really, really good. That that storyline's great. There's a Brian K. Vaughn written Mystique limited, uh, not even limited series, but it's a, a series that Brian K. Vaughn worked on. Brian K. Vaughn, of course, worked on some amazing comic books, including Saga and many more. She has some great stories in the X-Men proper comics. Like mm -hmm. I love her in like mid, like around 140, 150. She has all of that storyline with Destiny, which I really love from for some classic comics, which are really fun. I love some classic mystique. You have to read a lot of Uncanny X-Men to get a lot of their relationship stuff, but it's worth it. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it's sort of, they keep popping up as the the brotherhood and then freedom force and stuff like that. Mystique is terrific. I, I really hope we get to dive more into Mystique in the current X-Men comics, because I think she's just one of the best. She's so cool. She's a baller. Yeah. Next up, we have one from Dylan O. Driscoll via Facebook, who said, Ms. Marvel would be an obvious choice for a team up or just to hang around with. She's closer to my age and a lot more fun in the sense that her personality isn't bogged down with dangerous amounts of seriousness and regrets like someone like Black Widow or Scarlet Witch. 
Yes, Ms. Marvel, always a good time. She would go to a Comic-Con with you for sure. She would uh, definitely write fanfic with you. 10 mm-hmm. out of 10. Yes, totally. Erin at Gemini Psyche 17 says, Rogue, as she is super strong and invulnerable and absorbs anyone's powers, plus she rocks the skunk hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does. Yes, she does. Next up, Nurex at Fa Zenurex says... <laughs> Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, Mystique, and Black Widow would make a strong team. Yeah, why pick one when you can have four? There you go. Carlingian at Carlingian says the unbeatable squirrel girl, because no matter how high the stakes, how dark the day, how grim and gritty and real things get, the most powerful hero in the Marvelverse is a teenage girl that talks to squirrels, and that's fantastic. Next up, we have this one from Nick at Prince Bambi, which says, I'd love to see an anthology of women of Marvel title that highlights a different female character with a different female creative team every month. But to answer the question, Silhouette Cord would be my first pick. First and foremost, you're getting your your wish a little bit because we have women of Marvel number one that's out right now that you can go and enjoy. Silhouette's a great pick. Go read some old school New Warriors for anybody who doesn't know Silhouette. Rad yeah. tech. All right, we've got a tweet in here from the overpowered tech lord at Lex Pendragon, which says, What's porridge for me might be poo-poo for you. And he quotes me because that is a thing I said last week. Uh, and they say that this week in Marvel, quote of the week, very wise and very witty. Thank you. You're welcome. You know what? I can't help it. It's just the gems just flow out. Somebody put it on a T-shirt. All right, we've got another tweet in here. This one is from Karis Pollard at a Karis Pollard, and it says, so, drum roll. My This Week in Marvel of the Week goes to Guardians of the Galaxy by Al Ewing and Juan Fergari. It was beautiful, and I really loved the new jackets and uniforms, and how balanced and light on its feet this felt, and how everyone had a moment, and how interested I am in it. Karis, rocking the, uh, the Guardians love. It's true. It's a great, great book, mm-hmm. she says. And all the extra characters. I mean, of course, I adore Wiccan and Hulkling in there, and the Wiccan spells are genius. And the ending, oh, and how awesomely badass and leaderly is Nova, the very best sort of rich rider. So much love for this series. Look, we're getting love for Guardians of the Galaxy on all corners. Big stories in there. Everybody should be reading it. Catch up on it on Marvel Unlimited if you are not reading the current series right now. And also, Al Ewing managed to get uh, Drax in a jacket, still shirtless, but wearing a jacket. So that's something. Yeah, look at that. There you go. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Seb Steven, who emailed us. Uh, We read the email. Seb, thanks very much for writing in. And that about wraps it up. We did it, Lorraine. Yeah. Thank you guys for hanging out with us this week in Marvel. Yeah. This episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Alexis Williams, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Special thanks to Drax Packs. The backpacks that you can't wear a shirt with. Drax packs. <laughs> we gotta go. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>